And we are delighted that he is with us today at East Wind. Would you make Pastor Jeffrey Harpole welcome? We love you in Jesus' name. If anybody asks you where I'm going, hey, where I'm going soon, yeah. Ha, if anybody asks you where I'm going, where I'm going, I'm going soon. You can tell me for me that I'm going up beyond. I'm going up beyond. I'm going up beyond just to be with my Lord. You can tell me for me that I'm going up beyond. I'm going up beyond. I'm going up beyond just to be with my Lord. Now I can take the pain, the heartache that it brings, the comfort in knowing I'll soon be gone. As God gives me grace, I will run this race until I see my Savior face to face. You can tell that for me that I'm going up beyond. Oh, I'm going up beyond. Come on, help me. I'm going up just to be with my Lord. together because he's a good we thank the Lord for the spirit of the Lord that's in this house and was rejoicing just a moment ago with the Jonathan and Ruth uh, award uh recipients and I, I had a note uh, I think they forgot to say it but if you would like to receive that next year you can start your campaign there's a group that will help you with bumper stickers and all kinds of vote for me get started early and who knows what will happen next year that's not true not true just me I give honor to your pastor and the first lady and you already know this but uh, they are profound people, and we thank the Lord for them. <laughs> and uh, Pastor has been a constant encouragement in my life, and I'm so grateful for that. And uh, I do feel, uh, I, I, we might be blood-related, but I do feel... Um, uh, that kindred family um, spirit and it's wonderful and so I also give honor to the elder and and uh, the first lady times past bless you brother and sister and to all of the Myers family and we thank the Lord for them and all the precious people of God it's a great day to be in the house of the Lord and I'm so happy to be here and and I feel in the Holy Ghost that the Lord has designed this time for me. And I'm, I'm here just to preach the word and to let the Lord do the work. Uh, I, I thought it might be healthy for us to have a little clarity today. We need clarity in the scripture. We need to know what the Lord has to say. Everybody said amen. We need clarity. And I, I thought I would present this to you. Uh, it, it's, this is not my sermon, but I just thought maybe some clarity might help us and 
if you if you could help me sound media folks if you could put a scripture up on the board i didn't give this to you earlier but maybe if it's the same it's a it's first john chapter 4 and verse 18 and this is a wonderful scripture um there is no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear um there was a young couple uh wanted to get married and this is their favorite scripture they had a big wedding cake and they wanted to put the whole verse on the wedding cake but that's a, those are a lot of words. You can't put all those words on a wedding cake. It would be real tiny font. And so they decided we're just going to put the reference of it. First John 4.18. Because there's no fear in love. Everyone knows that, right? It's a beautiful thing. But when they asked the, the, the bakery to do it, you know, the bakery, don't, they don't know the Bible. And so they'll just help as much as they can. And so, but this was their favorite verse. But instead of putting First John four eighteen, the bakery put just John four eighteen. Could you just put John four eighteen? Yes, uh, John four eighteen. Go back if you go back. Uh, there you go. Uh, thou hast had five husbands, and the one you have is not your husband. What gives? So, this is a troubling word here. We're struggling with clarity. <laughs> and um, it'd be nice to really know what the scripture has to say in the right verse. Amen. Amen. And um, so we're going to pray that the Lord would, would help us today for a moment. And, and it is a delight. I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I want you to know, um, when I woke up this morning, the Lord was speaking to me. And I, of course, I don't know really anyone here, but the Lord told me this that someone and maybe many he has a word for you he knows where you're at he knows what's going on in your life in fact the bible says he knows and has numbered every hair on your head he's intimately involved with your life he's never abandoned you he's with you right now he was with you when you woke up this morning and he has prepared a word specifically for you now i don't know who that would be. But I woke up speaking in tongues today. Because I feel like I'm walking in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I know I am. This is not about me. This is about our great God. In the name of Jesus. We know that the Lord is good. We know God is good. We know He can do anything. There's... I think the Lord gives us the word, but we don't really know how precious it is. I, I was, um, there's a lady who, who married in her older life. She married a very, very wealthy man. And, um, and uh, he decided to have an ice cream parlor just about two miles from our church. And it, it's just a loss leader. He makes, he, he didn't really care. He just wanted an ice cream parlor. And whenever I would go in there, uh, whenever I go, they'll give me free ice cream. Uh, this is a problem. Uh, uh, but um, I, I liked Rocky Road, and it was it was just you know uh, really good. I mean, it's homemade ice cream. And, and uh, the night before church, she was working there, and she came to church, and her husband had given her a I think it was a forty or fifty thousand uh, diamond ring. It's a big, this massive, this massive thing. You know, you, you couldn't really miss it, and. Um, she lost it on on Bible study night, and I was so sorry about that. We worked, we looked all over the parking lot, couldn't find it. And um, the next day, I went to the ice cream parlor and I said, "Sister Barb, I'm so sorry about that." And she said, "That's okay, Pastor." She said, "You know, the Lord knows, and 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 we'll just go on." And and she said, "Why don't you go get some ice cream?" And this is wonderful to serve yourself. And I went back behind the counter and I started to scoop out. Uh, a generous portions of Rocky Road ice cream and one and two and the, it was the third scoop scoop uh, a gluttony um, and I put that on there and I, I went back and she was working with some folks and, and I just went back to my seat and started eating this ice cream and, I'm, and I'm, I'm telling you the biggest almond or something nut was in my mouth and I bit down on that and not hard but I, I pulled this out of my mouth and I went over to the sink and I washed a little bit you know like panning for gold. And there is this massive, 
diamond, $50,000 diamond in my hand. Uh, and I went over to her because, see, it dropped out of her, of her set into the ice cream the night before. She didn't know it. And it, it, I had it in my mouth. This is a great place to eat ice cream. I'm going to tell you, you should go. I got to bring it. We could come back loaded. And, and, and the, the spirit of the Lord spoke to me. And, of course, I showed her her husband just collapsed. He couldn't believe it. And it was a sign to him. And the Lord spoke to me that the wealth of the world is in my mouth. <laughs> so I didn't come here just to preach a pretty sermon, but I believe that God has a word for us and he is a delivering God. He's a holy God. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Amen. Amen. First Samuel chapter 14 and verse number 6. They said I could preach up to 6 o'clock tonight. Because that's when we start over. So just, I, I won't go that long. One verse in your hearing. And Jonathan said to the young man that bear his armor, Come. And let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Did you know that the Lord works for you? He's on the job working for you. <laughs> oh my. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Say that with me. There's no restraint to the Lord. Say it again. There's no restraint to the Lord. There is something we need to understand. We need to have it in our heart and in our spirit. We know certain things. There's a reality that we live in. But there is something else happening outside of our own tangible reality. And that is happening in the spirit world. I know what we hear, but I've come to declare what the enemy heard. And I preach today what the enemy heard. Put your Bibles down if you don't mind and lift up your voice and clap your hands and shout to God because he's a good God. And the spirit of the Lord is in the house. Holy Jesus, holy savior. I don't, I don't know how far I'm going to get, but I believe the Lord wants to heal you. And you don't have to wait until I'm done preaching for you to be healed of what's going on in your life. Here's a man in our church. He's a he's an engineer, left brain guy, always analytical. He has liver cancer. He is dying. He had done so much stuff in his in his background and so many substance abuse that his liver is dying. He's going to die. The doctor said we'll, we'll give you a, a shot, and if you take it, you'll be in a vegetative uh, state for a long time every day, but you'll live. And he took the shot and his body accepted it. But when he got to church a month later, he said, he said to the Lord, Lord, if you will heal me, then I will run around the church. Now, I have never seen Mark ever dance, shout, or run, ever. That's not his style. That's not his personality. But he's praying this prayer. Lord, if you heal me, I will run around this church. And the Lord said to him, this is what Mark said to me, if you'll run, I'll heal you. I want to get to my sermon but I want to tell you this God can touch you right now you don't have to wait he's a healer all the time he's a deliverer all the time
when they crossed over the Red Sea and they got to the other side, Marion picked up her tambourine and she sang, Oh, the Lord is great and glorious. The horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. But I submit, it was the right song on the wrong side. You do not have to wait till you get over. You got to praise now and you can go through. I feel like the Lord's going to heal someone right now. I'm preaching a a, a youth conference in uh, three three hours outside of Milan for the brother Novaki. We're out in this area. We're on the province of Normandy, and there's no hospitals around. And 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 all the young people they're playing soccer in in the daytime. And one of the workers, Michael, he 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 messed up his foot very badly. His ankle was swollen just three times the size. All the blood vessels had broken in his in his in his ankle it was horrible we, we put a big bandage around he, they had some old crutches and it was not a good thing he really needed to go to the doctor they thought maybe it was broken they didn't know but that night while I was preaching the, it was a small room but there was about 250 280 young people there and and I was preaching and and um and during the service uh some young people went over and they prayed for brother michael and and they started to started to pray for his ankle and immediately the bandage just shriveled up and fell off of his foot and when we saw his ankle and his foot it was clean and clear no blood vessels broken it was as if it never happened it was as if it never happened but then i saw the most amazing thing I saw him t- reach inside of his, sh- his shirt, his suit coat rather, and he pulled out his shoe. Now I have a question for you. Why would you bring your shoe to church if you could not wear it? I want to tell you, get ready. God's going to heal you. He's going to deliver you. you got to walk in saying, God is a great God. I feel letting the Holy Ghost just to tell you that thing you've been dealing with, God is going to take it away. Because a healer. Amen. Oh my. Jesus' name. Uh, thank you. Uh, tell someone they are uh, the most beautiful person you've seen all day, but then tell them the day is not over and then you can be seated. Say, so far, so far, you're the most handsome man I've seen. So far. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. How, I, don't, I think the Lord is going to do something powerful. I don't, he can do anything. They didn't wait in Acts chapter 10. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Just consider this for a moment, that in a more biblical time, a proclamation or a word was always the prelude to the victory, which just simply means that they would shout, often blow a shofar, before they entered the battle. There's there's significance in that. That some movement, some action precipitated not only the victory, but the battle itself. So I believe by divine appointment, we have to wage war against the darkness of this world. And we are all part of that. We are the heirs to the commonwealth of grace. And we proclaim the triumph of the Holy Ghost. This is part of our worship. In, in, in reality, if you want to know what the order of our service is, we enter with praise and worship and dancing and shouting. It's, it precipitates the word of God. It does multiple things. It, it kind of removes us from the life that we've been living all week and, and, and all, all the cares. And then it also, it also takes up the fallow ground so the seed can be planted and it softens our hearts so we can receive the word. But it's also a proclamation that God is going to have the victory in the house. And in the scripture, 
carefully crafted in that text is a miracle. It's, it's, it's a miracle that can be measured. Now, I would say that not all miracles are confined to healing of illnesses or diseases. God can heal your heart. He can heal you from depression and anxiety, from fear and bondage of all kinds and all kinds of addictions and all kinds of thoughts that go through your mind. He's the healer of everything. In fact, he was wounded and he was bruised. Isaiah 53. Two different things. The, the, the wound is the outer cut. The bruise is the inner pain. And then a crown of thorns was put on his head. That means every thought that ever went through your mind that was negative or hurtful. He has the power. He's already paid the price for all of those things. In the Bible, this is a a moment in time, it, it, it's powerful where these two young men, they, they lacked the tools of war and the miracle was just movement. There was one sword between them. In fact, there were only two swords found in all of Israel and one was held with the king, Saul, and the other with his son, Jonathan. And it looks like they were decorative swords. And so they, they are not fully equipped but they make their way, and the Bible says they journey through two large rocks, big stones. In fact, they were so magnificent that they had names. People had named them. And so they're on their way to fight a battle, what the army would not do, these two young men. The Bible says they were filled with great discontent. And they are unwilling to sit by and just let the enemy advance against them. And so with a kindred spirit, Jonathan said, Let's go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint. Say it, there's no restraint. And so what the Bible says on a half acre of land, Jonathan and his armor bearer, they climb up the steep knoll, and they're climbing with their hands, and they defeat 20 men. And they did so because there's no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Somebody say it again, there's no restraint. You've got to get that in your spirit. And every time the enemy speaks to you, you've got to say that God can do anything. God's bigger than anyone. He's bigger than me. He's bigger than you. He's bigger than the rejection and the no. No, I'll never go to that church. He's bigger than that. <laughs> you don't know the extent that God will go to to bring someone into the kingdom. He's a great God. He's the greatest God. There's no restraint to him. God's not dependent upon intellect or prowess or ideas or talent or giftings. He saves. He heals. He provides according to the measure of his own power. And those, those restraints, they're not on God. They're on me, but they're not on God. He's God with one and he's God with a thousand. He's greater than my imagination. And of course, the mission of the church is, is to not faint, but to rely upon the Lord. There's no restraint. And he keeps us. You know, the Lord keeps you. Uh, I, won't, I, I haven't told this until this very day. I haven't repeated this story for at least 15 years. I was trying to think earlier how long it's been. My parents had gone to a church conference year, a few years back. And during their departure, there were some thieves breaking into houses all around their neighborhood. And at nighttime, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, these these thieves, these robbers were breaking into their homes while they were sleeping and they were taking out their valuables. And when, and of course, you know, there's a bunch of Italians there and, uh, and, and, and in that neighborhood and they talk uh, with their hands and they're loud. And uh, do you understand what I'm saying here? Um, and they, 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 they um, never mind. And, and, and they went over to my mother after she got back and said, oh, Rosalie, oh, Rosie, Rosie. All the houses got broken into but yours. And mom said, yeah, I, I know. No, no, one, no one came to our home. She, and the, ladies, the neighbor lady said, well, that's because you had all those people at your house all day and all night. We saw the lights on and all the people walking around and, and they were walking around in the house. We, we looked in your bay window and there's all these people walking around your house. And my mother said, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. We were gone. No one was at our house. We were gone to a conference all week long. And the lady said, oh, no, we saw people walking in your house. And the angels of the Lord encamp around about them that fear him and deliver them. 
I'm going to tell you, God's doing a work for you while you're sitting right here. You don't even know how good God is. He's protecting you and keeping you. I I cannot, I can't say it with, uh, with certainty, but my spirit feels like the angels of the Lord was inside of that home and they were there just protecting the property. God can do anything. There's no restraint. He can take two and he can conquer a thousand. I know this is cliche-ish. Let me just say it again. But with you and the Lord, you are the majority. In fact, let's just whittle it down. He is the majority all by himself. I'm just going to ride his coattail because he can do all things. Now, in almost every setting, the preacher closes the book because that is the powerful word. There is no restraint. But I, I wish to go a step further today in your hearing and just know that the enemy of our soul, you have an enemy of your soul, and the enemy uses many things, not the least of which are disparaging words, and they and he taunts our every move. And though Satan himself is the master at raising doubts and fears in the hearts of the people of God, you are the people of God. Something is happening just beyond our hearing that needs to be known among the congregation. You need to know what the enemy hears. Yes, amen. And the notion that that everything that's happening is what you can see, that's a false notion because there's a lot of things that are outside of our reality that God is doing. We're so limited. We, God is great. He's, he's outside. He's inside and outside of all reality. And the scripture says, again, that these two young men, they take a chance on God. They defeat 20 men. And when they completed their task, here's the next verse in 1 Samuel 14, 15. And there was trembling in the host in the field and among the people and the garrison and the spoilers, they also trembled and the earth quaked as if it was a great trembling. The earth quaked, it shook insomuch that the watchmen way over in Gibeah, the watchmen of Saul, they noticed it, they saw it, they looked and behold, the enemy drifted away. They just melted away. Read it in your Bible. The Philistines on the outer banks, they were also so unnerved that when they heard it and felt, they abandoned their positions and they ran away. But in their panic, the Bible says that they start to beat, they were beating each other down as they ran. They were melting away. And think of that. Having heard the sound and having felt the ground tremble, the Bible says that they were beating each other down as they ran away. Two young men believed God and the result was more than a minimal victory. It was the turning point of the whole war. And the result came about not because they had talent, not because they had weapons, but they believed God that there's no restraint to the Lord. In fact, if you read the scripture, they weren't even sure. They, they said it might be that God will fight for us, maybe. But they were unwilling to sit idle and they said, let's just go try this out. And the enemy heard a rumbling and a quaking. The earth shook. The fields were shaking. The sound was deafening. Thunders reverberating as if the earth itself had been snapped like a blanket on a freshly made bed. The Philistines were so unnerved by the roaring sound and the earth, they just melted like butter and melting away and just beating each other down. Let me tell you what God does. He takes your actions and he magnifies it. There is nothing that you'll ever do for the kingdom of God that will stay idle or stay stagnant. If you're praising God or if you're worshiping God or if you're giving in your offerings and you're returning your tithing, everything. In fact, if you give, something's happening. The Bible says it'll return to you 30%, 60%, 100-fold. When you sacrifice, God will repay. God has no debt. He never carries a debt. He's always going to give you back. You can do nothing but what God has done for you. Everything you do, you can do nothing for God that stays idle. Nothing. And every time you worship, and every time you praise, I, I know what happens. We come in and we feel like, well, I don't know if it really matters. I'll tell you what the Lord does. He sets a microphone to your hands and your feet. And when you walk in, you hear the minimal sound of your body, but the enemy hears a great roaring sound. 
Now, here's your Bible. Watch this. There's a difference between the children of light and the children of darkness. The difference is always obedience. Obedience and disobedience separates the children of light and the children of darkness. God will not tolerate disobedience. It's in his word. It's an affront to his holiness. Sin came by one man, and that came through disobedience. And when God saw that some of his people in the Old Testament have rejected his law, he was angry with them. In fact, he said in Leviticus, some of you did not obey me. The ground was supposed to rest, but you were greedy, and you worked it, and you worked it. And God said, let the ground rest. But you also did not tear down your groves, your idols, your high places. You erected them. You were hostile toward me. So now for all the disobedient people, that's hostile toward my law. Leviticus 26. God said, and I quote, I will make their hearts so fearful in the land of their enemies that the sound of a windblown leaf will put them to flight. They will run as though fleeing from the sword and they will fall even though no one is pursuing them. Here's the King James. The sound of a shaken leaf shall chase them and they shall flee as if they're fleeing from a sword and they shall fall when no one pursueth. Let me tell you what the enemy hears. You hear a little something, but the enemy hears a sound. And that frightens the enemy. And every time you get up and you walk into the sanctuary, there is a stirring in the belly of hell. Every time you make your way into worship and begin to sing the songs of Zion, the enemy hears the sound of a mighty rushing wind. For every hand clap that you give, I tell you that there's a witness in the Holy Ghost. It magnifies what you're doing. There is a great joy in the Holy Ghost. We had Roman, and then a couple years later, we had Reagan, and then 13 months later, we had Alexandra. We lost our mind. And then we didn't have enough, so we had Nico before. Uh, we, we, we guided Roman. He got all the good pictures, a lot of pictures of Roman. Uh, firstborn, you know, a lot of pictures of Roman. We have Reagan, Roman holding Reagan. Uh, a lot of Roman holding Reagan. Uh, Alexandra was the only girl, but she hated pictures. She would never fix her hair, rebellious, kind of like her mother. And I, no, it's just a, no, I'm sorry. And she, uh, she, you know, we got some, Nico looked exactly like Roman. And so there's no reason to take more pictures. My brother happened to have kids at the same time and he had moved to our city and, 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 and moved his business and, and, and it was, I don't know, six of them. And there were times, you know, you come to church, I understand the struggle. You get the kids ready and it's a mess and oh my, what's going to happen? And by the time you get to church, you know, the grandkids, the, the, your own children, it's, it's a lot of work. And then you, you climb into the seat and, and they're shouting and praising and you're just like, man, I could just relax here for a moment. And you're so thankful for the nursery. And I had to stop the service one time and just say, because they were being so terrible during the preaching. And I just said, if the whole Harpo family would just leave, the move, God might be able to move in this house. And they just ran out of the, it was, and we did have an awesome service after that. It was incredible. I know, I know. Things go, things, it, there's a problem. And you get here. And sometimes you're wondering if it's if it matters. I'm going to tell you, it matters. You, you think that's a minimal thing. It's not a minimal thing because the enemy knows what you're doing. He's tried everything he can to keep you out of this house. But he failed. And when you walk in this house, something's happening in the spirit world. And there's a sound of a mighty God. And the Lord is magnifying everything that you do. I stand to declare that the Lord is a healer. He's a provider. Yes, yes. 
I, I, I've been sharing, I, I don't normally share the numbers, but, but we were so excited. Our own kids, we've been picking up children in our neighborhood. The bus ministry is going. We've got a lot of kids. I think last week they were rejoicing. I think they had 182 children between 0 and 11 years old. It was just crazy. The, 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 the rooms are packed. The teachers are struggling. Uh, in fact, I was told we've got a lot of young couples. Everyone's having babies. I don't know. It's kind of contagious. And uh, and they told me that there is a, a woman is having a baby uh, every month for 13 months in a row. And my brother told me we got to find that woman and stop her. And, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of babies for one woman. And son, I, I want I want to tell a Sunday school teacher here because we understand you get in those tight classrooms or wherever and you're gluing little sticks together and there's crayons all over the floor and somebody's crying. You, you might even think, well, I don't know. Is this really matter? I'm going to tell you, it matters. You're doing warfare in the kingdom world. You're changing a life. There's something that you're not hearing and I've come to tell you there's a great sound, a Holy Ghost sound. And the enemy knows it because had you, if you just look at something, anything, you'll know. That the world, the enemy wants to take our children. They're, they're going to start at the youngest age. You bear the children, but they want to take over the moment that they're born. But I believe that the Lord is going to save our kids. But you cannot get discouraged. Please don't get discouraged. God is doing a great work in you. And I want to say to every Sunday school teacher, every man and woman who's helping them, there is a great sound. There is a powerful sound that's happening from every moment. And the enemy hears something that we don't hear. He hears a mighty army of apostolic people, warriors preparing for the battlefield. And every time we shout and sing and put something in the offering and every time we clap our hands and every time we just say, Jesus, I love you. We think our voice is a singular voice, but the enemy hears the magnification by a thousand, a million angels over. You give me one blood-bought soul washed in the blood of the Lamb. Give me one soul redeemed by the spotless Lamb of God. And that's enough to make every demon in hell quiver and shake in fear. You just say out of your mouth what the Jews called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Shema. Hear, O Israel. And you just hear your sound. But the Bible says in James that the devils believe that there's one God and they tremble. You believe it, but the devils believe it also. And when they believe it, they tremble. The thought of it. So when you say, in Jesus' name, say it in Jesus' name. Hey, there's no restraint to the Lord. There's no restraint to the Lord. You say in Jesus' name. You don't even realize what's happening to you. No devil can steal. The enemy has to flee because you have spoken the name, which is above every every name. I, I teach Bible studies and I love, I got a little Bible study. I've gone to many homes and I've taught a lot of Bible studies. I've been at many tables. I've been offered many things to eat and drink and I've always accepted it. Now, I don't always know when I'm, when I'm ingesting Everything tastes like chicken. And some things I'm drinking, Elder, I, I want you to know, the Bible says if you, you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. So I, I cannot verify all the stuff that I've been drinking, but I do get home safely, so praise God. I'm working with some folks. I've been working with just anybody I can find. And I've got a guy named Chip. A carpet layer and came from a hor- horrible drug scene and and man he's doing so good the Lord is helping him and and uh, baptized so many wonderful things and he's just a new believer he knows nothing about the Lord he doesn't know nothing about the Bible he doesn't know who was in the Bible he don't know who was in the ark Noah he's never heard of that if I say to him you know Ben Ben Franklin was in the ark uh, you know. Uh, Tom Sawyer, he doesn't know. If I say Joan of Arc, that sounds good, Joan of Arc. He don't know. Whoever I tell him, uh, that's what he believes. He'll fight for it. And and I, 
he has a girlfriend. I think it was going to be his fiance, and uh, she doesn't really know too much. Uh, Chip is doing good, and I'm just kind of bringing him along and just praying with him and just developing relationship and uh, not a whole lot of deep doctrinal things, just relationship in the scripture. And one morning, early in the morning, I got a phone call from my staff, and they said, Pastor, Chip's girlfriend, fiance, she overdosed last night, and she died. And Chip found her, and he's so depressed, and, and we're very worried about him. And I said, well, where is he? And, and my, one of the secretaries, administrators said, uh, he's at the bar. And I said, okay. I don't know why. I just got up. I, 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 had, I put my suit on and my tie. Um, I sprayed on some light blue Dolce Cabana Intense for men. Tammy likes it. I've never been to a bar, so this is going to, you know, I wanted to make a good showing. Uh, I wasn't sure. First time out. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I just, I don't know. It was kind of instinctive, I guess. I just thought, okay, we'll just get your suit on. I got, got my suit on and had my shoes all nice and shiny. And, and I got there to the bar. They gave me the directions. I got to the parking lot. The thing was full, packed. The whole parking lot was packed. I couldn't believe 8 o'clock in the morning. or It was really early, 8, 8.30. The whole place was full. I couldn't believe all these people were at the bar. I couldn't find a place to park. I finally got And I walked in and immediately I had to adjust my eyes. It was really dark. And, and, and I, I looked and, and everybody kind of looked around at me. And the bartender, I walked over to him and, and he knew I was out of place. And he didn't ask me what I wanted to drink. He said, can I help you? Oh, yeah. I'm coming here to serve a new wine. I got a spirit that you know not of. It's a Holy Ghost. (laughs) I said, yes. Uh, I'm looking for Chip. He's way over there in the back. All the round tables. I'm looking at all these men, all the round tables. They got pitchers of beer. Most of them are gone, half drunk pitchers of beer and all, almost, they, they were all there. And everyone just kind of looked at me and, and the smoke filled room. I walked back and, and I, I, I chip had his back to me and I, I walked up on him and I put my hand on his shoulder. He looked up at me and said, Oh, pastor, she died. He's crying. And I said, we're not going to let the enemy defeat you. And I began to pray for him. And then I put my hand on top of his head. And I began to speak in other tongues. I don't really know how you're supposed to act at the bar. I just thought, wherever I'm at, I just act like I'm at church. I'm not trying to be condescending, but when do we when do we leave God at the church house? And on Monday we don't do anything. I think we should be the same everywhere we go and speak in the Holy Ghost and pray in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Hey, listen. I walked in there with nothing to lose and everything to gain. I'm speaking in tongues with my hand over his head. And, and the guy next to him said, well, when you're done, preacher, would you, would you pray for me? Someone pulled the cord to the jukebox and everybody just stopped and looked at me. I walked around the whole table there praying for everybody and they lined up and they said, would you pray for me? I'm really struggling. Listen, you take a chance on God because there's no restraint to the Lord. Hey, I said there's no restraint to God. I know I'm preaching, but I feel like I need to offer a word of prophecy. I feel a Holy Ghost revival. It's going to echo and ripple out of this place. Not because of me, but it's going to ripple out of this place. And God is going to magnify the movement tomorrow and Tuesday. Someone's going to meet somebody on Friday. Hear the word of the Lord. And God is already, don't be afraid. They already felt you coming. They feel you coming. Clap your hands unto the Lord one more time.
Here's the scripture. Samaria is a city. It's surrounded by the enemy, the Syrian army. They encased it. The Syrians at the time were ruthless men. They loved bloodshed. They lived off the bounty of their oppressed nations. Samaria in 2 Kings is fully encased in misery and the people are literally starving to death. No food in or out. 2 Kings 6 calls it a great famine. It lasted so long that the city had depleted every palatable food source. It came to a point that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter cab of seed pods for just a handful of shekels. I don't want to be inappropriate here. You can read in your scripture. I'll just say this one line. Women were given to eating their newborn children. The people had devolved into a grotesque group of hideous humans. They were wailing in the streets. They were scraping the dust of the ground and putting it in their mouth. And just outside the gates was the most pitiful of them all, lepers who were dying for both disease and famine. And now at the height of that horror, those four hungry, emaciated lepers looked to one another and they knew that just beyond the ridge was the Syrian camp. They had all the food and substance that could be found and they said one to another, why sit we here till we die? If we say we will enter to the city, then the famine is in the city, we'll die there. If we go back, we'll die there. Can I just say, don't go back from wherever you came from. Wherever you came from, you can come from anything to this. But you can't go from this to anything. The world is dying. There's a great famine where you came from. And they said, if we sit here, we'll die. Now, therefore, come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we'll live. If they kill us, we're going to die anyway. They said, let's follow this. We have no weapons. We have no military skills. Some of us are losing our fingers. Our bodies are wasted away. Death has become us. We have become it. So the only thing left is their ability to walk. Let's see if that's enough. And the scripture says that they left at twilight when they arrived at the enemy's camp. No one was there. Four lepers began to walk. That's all. This is what the Lord did. And I quote from 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6. For the Lord had caused the Syrians to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said one to another, look, the king of Israel, he hired the Hittite king. He hired the Egyptians. They're going to attack us. So they got up. And they fled at dusk and they left their tents and they left their horses and they left their food and they left all their provisions. And when those four lepers got there, that was all the food they could eat. And they carried all the silver and the gold and all they had was the pitter patter of four lepers. What you hear and what the enemy hears is a different thing. Because in the economy of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, every time you take a step of faith, there's a quaking and there's a shaking and something's happening beyond us. I know, I know we struggle with this because it's in our mind. Because we are all limited because we know we are finite. But God does something when we do something. He takes what you deem as minimal and he makes it profound. Don't think for a moment that the battle was over when David drew the sword of Goliath and cut his head off. That's not when the battle was over. When he picked up that severed head and his gaping mouth looked and the sinew and flesh is dripping to the ground. No, that's not when the battle is over. No, 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 no. The battle was over when David said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. What the enemy heard was the sound of the most powerful, awesome, ancient of hosts, the God of glory. This is what Jesus said. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
And the next verse says that the spirits are subject to you. The spirits are subject to you. You have the power. There is a Holy Ghost power in this house. Listen, I don't know why God chose all these things, but he chose it. If you'll just do something, God will do all of the rest. And stop thinking that what you're doing doesn't matter. Stop thinking that what you're doing is insignificant because you hear something, but, but the enemy hears something else, and God supports all of that. Amen. I, I'm almost through. I, I just want to rehearse this in my own mind. Because I think that the Lord knows all these things and I feel that that God has so much. In fact, I think there's more about God that we don't know than that which we do know. I think there's so much left out. We're, 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 we're conflicted a little bit by our own rationale and our own thinking and maybe a little pragmatism and, and, and analytical thought. Well, I don't know if this is going to work or not. Don't, don't worry what, whether it's Put it all in the Lord's hand. Sometimes you just got to say, you know, let's just do it. It might be that God will work for us. And if he ever starts working for you, I'm going to tell you, you'll never go back ever, ever, ever. You'll never go back. Jesus is in his prayer room in the garden of Gethsemane the night that he was betrayed. And the clamoring of the guards are there. and They, they, they don't know who Jesus is. There's no street lamps to light the way. Maybe a torch or some fire. And... By the time they all convened there, all of the disciples except except for Judas is gathered around Jesus. Judas is with the other group, and I, I don't know the chronological order. I struggle with that if Judas first betrayed him or if there was identification. But Jesus had already proclaimed things. He said in Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I I'm the first and the last. I'm, I'm which was, which is, which is to come the Almighty. He, he'd already made the Pharisees angry when, when he said, before Abraham was, I am. And that was identification that he was the God of the Old Testament. It's incredible that he said, I am the I am. And so when, when, they, when they come to take him, they need to identify him. And, and, and the temple guards are leaning close and they're peering inside and they're trying to figure out which one of them is Jesus. And they ask, are you Jesus of Nazareth? He saith unto them, I am he. John 18, 6. Now watch this. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he. It was like someone picked them up and threw them backwards. When you identify, this is the great God. You don't know what those words can do. He's going to move things out of your way. He's going to take the obstacle that's in front of you. The I am that I am. You've got to proclaim it for your own life. The I am that I am is here. He's with me. I got something to say to somebody. You got to rise up right now and say, Jesus, I know that you can heal me. I know that you can deliver me. Right now, just say it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to walk to the front. You may not feel like this is going to make a difference. But if you'll just believe me today, every step you take, there is a quaking. And the enemy is losing his grip on your life. And when you come down here, pray for healing and deliverance. Pray that God would restore. He's going to remove. Right now, just put your hands up in the air. In the name of Jesus. You, you're not hearing it, but the Lord knows he's magnifying what you're doing. Come on, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Reach out to Jesus. Proclaim, you are the great God. Say it. Jesus, you are the great God. Jesus, you are the I am that I am. Jesus, I know that you can do anything. Yes. Kosono no mo shatayama hai. Yay.